Hey everybody, this is Jared from Zen Hustlers. And as you know, we love to interview people who re we really feel like are living with balance on the edge as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and as a professional working so that we can enjoy this one life that we get and we're not overwhelmed uh, into the grave, which a lot of people are, unfortunately. So Zen Hustlers is all about helping you find resources to balance on that edge. Um, that could be a podcast, it could be a book, it could be an interview, or it could be a supplement that you start taking. Um, so we'd like to feature all those things on zenhustlers.com, head over there. And as part of our way of giving back to our community, we love to interview people that we really feel like are walking the talk. They're people that embody this as, as a lifestyle, as a work style, um, and have found that balance on the edge as a continuing journey. We're never quite there. We're always on a path. And that's why I have these two paths next to me. You have the, you know, the old way and a new way. And it's adapting new habits and new patterns as we see fit, as we see fit. So today I have the honor of speaking with you with Teresa Rose. Teresa and I met through a community called C-Suite Network, which is a community of online uh, executives that meet um, to do thought leadership, to do enterprise level uh, talks, to do what we used to do was in person, where I started with the C-suite years ago, in-person events, which I hear is coming back, which I'm very excited about. Mm -hmm. And Teresa is a strategic coach. She's a multi-award-winning author. And welcome to Zen Hustlers Balance, Teresa. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jared, for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to having an enlightening conversation. Yeah. So tell people a little bit more about your background. I always feel like I can never fully encompass someone wholly. Well, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age, so I have a very uh, <laughs> long background. I'll try to bring it down to its essence. That is what I actually try to do is crystallize content. So I've had many lifetimes professionally. I have a management consulting background, marketing and product development at an enterprise level. I also have owned an alternative healing center and had an, a, a practice, a holistic center uh, that, I, that I ran with mindfulness studies and, and uh, energy uh, medicine. And now now I am a, and I was a, a, a professional keynote speaker, author, coach, consultant, stand-up comedian, yeah. all-around great gal. And now I work. I'm a little overwhelmed just hearing your bio, right? Exactly, like all right? the things we try to do in this professional life, right? Oh, it's exhausting Incredible. just reading my own bio. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm so thankful that you're able to take the time today. I appreciate your time so much. And I really want to give people as much value as we can today as far as strategic things that they can do. But first, we need to acknowledge the problem. There's massive anxiety, depression, even suicide amongst entrepreneurs, business professionals. We don't often talk about it because it's not positive growth mindset thinking, which is something I'm, I encourage people to let that go. We need to talk about all sides of this world that we decide to enter. Uh, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning of their journey, and I often caution them. It's a cautionary tale because if you don't manage your time and your energy and your relationships right, they will break. And sometimes they break really badly. Um, so tell me a little bit about how did you come to that sense of, you know what, I need to make significant. Well, tell me what was some of the challenges you've dealt with? Uh, just in, in those in those areas, just a couple of them. Uh, boy, you know, 
every day is a challenge for all of us. Uh, I, I am a student of and a teacher of energy management. That's what I do. That's what I focus on every moment is where's my energy? Who is taking it? Who am I giving it to? How am I getting it back? All of those things, because I find that in my life, whether it's uh, changes in, uh, you know, relationships or in jobs or, you know, it, it life transitions that happen, people come and people go. Uh, right. How do we handle the transitions? The transitions are the things that I've studied uh, because I think that really defines who we are. Uh, it's really easy to be conscious when everything's going great. Yeah. It's, it's far more difficult to be conscious and mindful and, and, and aware uh, when you are in that bubble, uh, you know, that we all have been in, in so many different situations. Yeah. Was there one experience that's sticking out in your mind where you're like, I have got to make a change. This is not sustainable to living. Something <laughs> well, possible? Um, you know, I had struggled with my, uh, my weight, my body acceptance for my whole life. Uh, I uh, really described myself as, you know, one big head and then just I didn't pay any attention to anything south of the collarbone. And uh, when I turned uh, 40, I, I decided, you know what, I just I, I feel like what I can accomplish is uh, diminished by the fact that I'm not paying attention to my body. I realized that what I could offer and what I was how I was showing up were two different things. So I really took the opportunity to go, okay, enough now. I'm gonna do the deeper work of uh, self-examination and acceptance and love. And then the nourish, nourishing and the nurturing came along with it. So I always put diet as this, I gotta lose weight. I have to do this, I have to do that. And, and I never really did the deeper work of what was underneath the reason why I consciously or unconsciously chose to not be uh, in my body and really celebrate it and utilize it as the vehicle that it is. Was there an underlying belief um, that you found was running? Oh, there are many of them, especially as a woman. You know, you 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 use uh, you know body armor in a lot of different ways, and sometimes uh, you know women use body armor that's called fat, uh, and that protects them from trauma. That you know, assault, abuse, objectification, all those things that happen. So there's many, many, many examples of those kinds of things that have happened. Uh, and, and at some point you get old enough where you just go, I'm tired of fighting this. I'm tired of having to have this be my constant demon. And that was one of the things that I would say was a catalytic uh, experience for me when I got into my, into my body and, 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 and was aware of it. That really kicked off a lot of other parts of me uh, to be more mindful and present of because I could, I had more strength to do it. Got it. And, and I imagine the energy, because I've done the Tony Robbins work and it really is, it, it takes you out of the cerebral and puts you into the physical and emotional body that we tend to in business ignore. Most people ignore it thinking, oh, I'm going to solve this all up here. And I always remind people, hey, you make a decision. It starts in your gut moves up to your heart and then you decide with your head. It's a three-step process. And so I imagine for you, your energy. So what was your energy like? And what, what did you do to change? It must not, must've been more than just food. 
So oh yes, and that's, it was it was before food. It was joyful movement. So I had always been a dancer, closet dancer. I love that. Um, but but you know, Solid Gold was my favorite show growing up. <laughs> I wanted to you know be a Saturday Night Gold LeMay dancer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we'll I would put a link to one of your favorite Solid Gold dancers yeah. that we can find. Andy Gibb, Andy Gibb. Yeah. So uh, but I I always just you know because I was so self conscious, I I never really let my you know my dancing freak flag fly. Uh, and then, uh, and then I found the hula hoop. I found the hula hoop, the in, hula hoop. Uh, in 2008. It's such a simple, it's such a simple, you could almost bring it anywhere. Maybe if you get it. I did bring it everywhere. I have brought it everywhere. Did you get the detachable one or a whole circle loop? Oh yeah. I, I made, I made my own. So I made yeah. them and they would collapse and I would travel right. with them. We the officially time. have to add the hula hoop to our store. We have an online store of devices including like, you know, REM uh, dream tools and we'll have to add a hula hoop, such a simple device. You know what, it's an amazing thing. Because, and I actually did a TEDx talk on it, uh, nice. on the power of joyful movement. And it's because that really unlocked for me when I found so much joy in moving and dancing and having this freedom, uh, it, it really unlocked a lot of other different aspects to me. So that was actually the doorway. And I was a huge believer in stop exercising. Nobody wants to exercise. It's got too much obligation around it. The yeah. word. There's and not so, a lot of joy around it at all. No, who wants yeah. to do that ish, yeah. right? So it's about really finding the joy of it. And that was really one of the main tools that I used. I love that. And we are definitely going to put that in the store immediately. So real quick question. Did you do it alone? And did you do it in a group, this joyful movement? I would do it every morning, 5 a.m. in the morning. I would travel on. I'm, I'm a Minnesotan. So sometimes these were sub-zero mornings. I would travel with my hula hoop to the local YMCA and I'd put my earbuds in and I would just do my thing and, and dance. But then as a thought leader, I also would bring my hula hoop to my stage and, and share that. And then I would do workshops and I even would have, uh, you know, dance parties that I would do at conferences. It's got to be a hula hoop thing in your, in your bio. I, I'm, I'm Actually, I don't think it is anymore. I think it I don't needs think to be like a, you know, not professional, but I don't know if you've been paid to hula hoop. But oh, I was paid. I was paid. Yeah, yeah, you're, paid. yeah, paid to hula hoop. So professional hula hooper. Um, and again, it's just about like, I love that you brought up the work and the exercise because a lot of the things we're told to do do not feel good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's about kind of tweaking that model of like, well, what do I do that makes me like, I love to mountain bike. So I would much rather kick my own ass mountain biking than go to the gym and suffer in an indoor environment that was all closed this year. You couldn't even do it. I could do my sport all year long other than rain. Um, so it's things like that where finding that joy that fills you up, makes you feel good, lowers your stress, your cortisone levels, cortisol levels are, you know, healthier. And so all those things, so I love that you found um, the hula hoop. I well, like and that. then I just dance, you know, I go, I do dancing every week and I can even just dance in my living room and I yeah. do yoga. So anything that feels good, I go for walks in nature every day. So it's like finding the joy and then weaving meditation, mindfulness into that. And how did that come? So those are very important topics in our, on our platform. So how did that work come into your life? And so mindfulness uh, and meditation specifically. You know, it was part of it was uh, going through massage therapy school uh, was one okay. of the steps that I took. And then I just started to do deeper dives. I call those right teachers to me. I believe in that. I believe in the fact that when you're ready, you know, the right people will show up as long as you pay attention to the cosmic noogie that that point pushes you in the right the direction. Cosmic noogie. I'm, yeah. You, 
Please trademark that. I love it. Oh, it's in my book. It's in my book. My oh, it's in the book. All right. All right. Um, but it really is, you know, I have had just such pl the pleasure of learning from so many people about, about meditation and mindfulness. And, uh, and I really, uh, I use it as a, also a, 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 a creativity tool. So yeah. for example, when I write something, whether it's an article or it's a, you know, an essay or it's a, you know, what a speech, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I will well, all the time, I will step away from the glowing rectangles and I will get outside and I will move and then I will meditate and I will just get in my body because once I'm in that, then the words and the inspiration and the right, uh, you know, the right message comes through. Comes through to you. I love that. And so, so much faster and so much better. Yeah, no, it's like a conduit, right? You're building yeah. a conduit of energy and it's like getting rid of the, the clogs in the system. So talk exactly. to me a little bit more about some of the habits you do. So um, 5 a.m. you wake up sometime, I'm sure maybe not every day, maybe every day. Um, what are some of the other habits you've adopted to help you during a day and a, a week, a weekday work day? Sure. So a, a typical weekday for me is to wake up about five o'clock in the morning. I have, uh, I Which will... means you have to go to bed quite early, right? Right now, okay. you know what? Thank you, Jared, for bringing that up because the key to being a morning person, which by the way, I I, I never was before, but now I am, yeah. uh, uh, is the night before. Yes. The night before yes. is the happy is the key to a happy morning person. So you know, not drinking alcohol, uh, not watching anything on any electronics. Uh, you know, having a routine. I'm a I'm a I'm a bather. I like to have oils with music and calm yeah. me down and use yeah, that again yeah. i multi-layer my experiences yeah, right yeah, and uh and so going to bed routine then that gets me up in the morning uh you know doing some stretching some movement some yoga some visualization i make sure i get outside i will at least get out some sort of walk uh to get some fresh air before the day starts because you know as well as i do once you get connected to these glowing rectangles it Ooh. can be tough it is tough. And it's, um, I always say people are either, you know, giving you energy or kind of drawing energy out, even right. for introverts and extroverts through, especially through this year, being on Zoom as much as we have been, it, it takes a lot. I'm an extroverted person by nature. I didn't used to be, but I am, I've realized. Um, and so it takes a lot of energy yes. to give and give and, and be that bouncing network for people. Um, but it, you also have to have the recovery phase. Oh, like, wow, I'm depleted. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yes, because for me in my job, uh, I am blessed. You're a very high energy extroverted person. I've, I've been with you on multiple, multiple calls. It's amazing. So how do you keep that energy flow? It's a, it's a commitment. So for example, in the morning, I will make sure that I've already made my breakfast. I know that I'm going to have egg muffins and I'm going to have spinach and I'm going to have some fruit. I already have that figured out. And then when I'm making my breakfast, I'm prepping my lunch, which is a salad, right? With lots and lots of vegetables in it and, yeah. and, and lean protein. So I'm getting it ready for myself as fuel. And so, and, and then I'm always thinking, okay, where's the break going to be? Where am I going to take some, some extra space and, and just doing things all over. I mean, I've even got, you know, rose oil right next to me. Whenever I'm starting to feel my energy drag, I'll put some yep. on it. 
and it'll bring me back because mm -hmm. to me, my job is very energetically demanding. I'm yep. listening, I'm, I'm strategizing, I'm holding space for, I'm consulting, coaching them through something. And it's a lot all the time. And so when my day is done, I need to make sure that I treat myself with as much care as I've treated other people and yep. to, to really restore myself. And I am not somebody who will feed my energy to toxicity, social media, I get on social media strategically and then I get out. Yeah. I don't want to. Keep I agree. My life yeah, away I agree. It's just, for me, it's strategic tools being in media marketing. I have to be involved and people are like, Oh, you could just get off. Yeah. I'm like, no, I can't. It, it's, it's, it's a tool that we have to leverage as yeah. part of this world. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to share half the, half the things I do without it, but I, it's a strategic choice. And occasionally I will try to figure out, well, how could I use this actually socially? And it's, you know, it's happy birthday announcements. It's checking with some friends. Yeah. But it, it, again, it's like a choice of, I wanna do this now. Are you seeking to become a thought leader in your area of expertise? Do you wanna have a following of people who are connected, engaged, who are listening to you and wanna hear from you frequently? Are you currently an author, TEDx speaker, keynote host, coach, consultant, or entrepreneur, founder? Are you hoping to be one of these roles? If so, you're gonna love this. We spent years creating this unique and bold expert level online course called Break On Through. It's a six week video curriculum with myself, Jared Brick, a media marketing expert, along with four other top leaders. Our goal is to skyrocket you into thought leadership role at any stage and any age in your career field by leveraging media and the modern syndication processes. Right now, we have a special offer running for just the first 10 people to sign up for this exciting and engaging online course. Click below to learn more, and we hope to see you in the spotlight soon. You said something really interesting. You said fuel, and I think that speaks to the strategic way of doing this. It's like it's not just a meal. It's fueling a trip. It's fueling a conference. It's fueling a Zoom call. And, and thinking in that way of like, oh, I need this energy source to give this energy out. And I think even as a mindset, it's a really important mindset, like you said, to kind of address how do we do this, you know? Yeah, you know, and just even today this happened where these types of things, whether it's essential oils or having my water next to me or even just this yellow scarf. Yeah. So today, this morning, I woke up at with sadness. And I was not, I was just not in a good place. And I have a very busy day, a full day, a rich day. And I put on a bright yellow and I, actually it's a belt that uh, I had originally. And I thought nobody else is gonna see this, but I'm gonna see it. And then I yeah. decided to accentuate it with this scarf. I can't see anything <laughs> below here right now. So you're fine. Right? But, but when I first put this on, it was, it was just for me and, and yeah, it's yeah. color therapy. It's because I'm going to see myself all day. I don't want to see drab Teresa. I want to see bright Teresa. And when I see this blast of color, it's a tool that you, that reminds trigger. me. To yeah, it's a trigger. To my system. Yes. That's amazing. I love that. I actually started keeping, um, someone gave me a lavender satchel. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. keep it in door of the van I drive so that when I'm feeling stressed or tired, I can just literally use it like an oxygen mask when I'm driving because I find that I get a little stressed out driving, trying to like coordinate a location or get back to someone or talk on the phone even while I'm driving. It's like, 
Ah, so just exactly. these little hack. They're like little micro hacks. Micro hacks to, yeah. to happiness and to micro prosperity to too. Yeah. To prosperity too. That's the other thing is this stuff, you know, five years ago, Jared, when I was talking about this on stages about things like this and People joyful. Are you crazy? Yeah. Seventh layer cosmic muffiny woo-woo. Now <laughs> it's it's business. It's the fact that I can book, you know, over half a million dollars in sales because I can take care of my energy and yeah. show up. Yeah. more productive, more efficient, more financially rewarding yeah. careers. Exactly. I love it. And that's where I, I, I think the tide is turning. You could tell me, you could tell me the pulse of the nation because you'd probably talk to more people on calls than I do per week. Um, I feel like the tide is turning on mindfulness, yoga, meditation as strategic business tools to keep us in balance. And thank God, because six years ago or 10 years ago, it was kind of like laughed out of the room where now you have, I, you know, the last company I worked with, we had a meditation room in the company, a nap room in the company. You could go in there, set a timer, close the windows and just take a nap. And that was actually encouraged by management. Nice. And I think it's things like that where it's like, yes, just keep saying yes to those things. Keep trying it, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's not only is it I have I seen the tide shift, but I've also seen the demographics shift. So it used yeah. to be primarily a female oriented, uh, you know, uh, space and yeah. and and kind of younger, you know, younger folks. And it's now it's really everybody is talking about this. Everybody is talking about this. Even you know the 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 malest, stalest, and palest of them all understand at least the uh, you know the the value of it because yeah. it works. I mean, that's fundamentally the thing that we can all rely on is that it actually does work. And that's what everybody trusting, thinks. trusting something that might be like, eh, am I comfortable enough to do this? Is this something that aligns with my value set? Um, and then someone telling you, well, it worked for me and I, I had X, Y, and Z. So you should try it too. That yeah. goes a long way. So I'm just so thankful that the market is shifting in this angle. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I created Zen Hustlers because I was going to a lot of hustle events. And so this is the next part of the talk I wanna to talk to you about is let's talk about hustle. Like, where did you learn how to hustle from? Hmm. I learned how to hustle from my mother. She was a single mom when I was five years of age. That's her thinking grow rich copy in 1960. Yep. Oh, that's the actual book? That's the actual book. That's the actual book, I love it. And, uh, and I learned from her and I learned from her directly watching her. One of the most inspiring things I saw in hustle is my mom was a, uh, a nurse uh, during the day. And uh, that's a hard job as anyone knows uh, being in the medical profession. And she was very tired at the end of the day and she would come home. She was a, a, a direct sales entrepreneur. And yes, she drove a pink Cadillac, you do the math. Uh, so uh, she would uh, you know, get, get all taken care of and put, put all back together again and get her heels on and in a Minnesota snowstorm with two oh big uh, suitcases of product. Somebody make a movie about this woman fast. She, sounds amazing. And I should star in it. Yeah. She would go across town and she'd sell a mascara. And then she'd do it all over. It was a movie where she, a woman invented a product and nobody believed in her and she was a hustler. I don't know. Um, the joy, something about joy. joy. Yeah, joy. I think it was just called joy. Joy, joy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, reminds me of, it reminds me of your mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. That's where I learned it. So that's where I, learned it. I find that people even, if people, they take it in as a child and they either kind of go that path or they resist that path. 
like, Hey, my dad was like this, this, and this. And like my, I, my father uh, was in commercial packaging, hated his job, absolutely hated his work, hated the people he worked with, was very good at it, but he just came home miserable. And it created a, you know, middle-class lifestyle for me, but I grew up saying, Hey, I'm going to love what I do. I am not going to return home to my family every day, miserable, angry, cursing at the work that he was doing. It had nothing to do with us. He was happy to be home finally, if we could get him home. Yeah. And so I learned, and he would take me to the office. I'd go to those meetings. I'd meet these people. I agree. They were terrible. And, and so he was, he was a nice guy working in a bad system. And it broke his spirit a little bit. And I hope he's okay. I don't know if I'll see this episode, but, and it formed this opposite connection in me of, yeah, I learned how to do the hustle, but you better damn well love your life and love what you're doing for work. Or you're going to come home miserable every day of your life. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I shouldn't say every day. That's a bit dramatic, but it was a lot. I remember a lot. And so uh, he would take me to work and I would work on a factory line with all Spanish speakers in a, in a factory. And man, you talk about hustle. It's like you got a quota to meet at the end of the day. And I learned that real quick. So I think our parents have such, a, you know, being a parent of two, we have such a responsibility to teach that part of the, the model, right? Yeah. Like, how do you relate to work? How do you relate to your life? What are you going to bring home at the end of the day with you? All yes. those things. Yeah. What do you value? I mean, I was, uh, you know, by the time I was six, seven years old, I was, you know, chief washcloth runner and uh, pro product fulfillment officer. So, yeah. you know, I was, I understood how business worked. I under, especially yeah. understood how sales worked. I mean, yeah. there's not an accident that I'm, yeah. I'm excellent at sales no. it's because I watched how to do it and, and, and what really, what it really is, which is connection. You know, yeah, and I think a lot of people who, who who resist that or, or didn't have parents who were doing that, they kind of lost that education in a way. Yeah. Um, it's it's an education as a child, and I think if you probably interviewed, and I've, we've been interviewing entrepreneurs and hustlers in this in this area, they had parents who kind of modeled that for them, and I think uh, I'm just proud that as a parent I can model that for my kids, and so it's it's a big responsibility, but it's a great responsibility to have. Let, let's take a let's take a scenario here. You get on a call, it's a new client, and they are just an energy vampire. How do you handle that? Mm. Maybe it's just a conference call. Maybe it's not a client because maybe you vet your clients differently. I do. That's why I I, I actually. Say, well, actually and then how do you handle that? How do you handle that rejection to them? If so, let's try this question one more time. Okay. What do we do when we have energy vampires that we have to be involved with in our work? Okay. How do you handle when that? Uh, ground. So less will affect you when you are more present and you are more grounded. That's number one. Uh, and there's lots of ways in which you can do that. Be outside, visualization, deep breathing, uh, all those things can help. Uh, so grounding is number one when you're dealing with energy vampires. Number two is really, I believe in containers. Make sure you're aware of where your container is, your energy container and where their energy container is. So no matter how loud they are, as long as you reinforce your own container by being grounded and being aware of where its edges are, mm -hmm. then that's far less apt to, to affect you, right? And then being aware of what your trigger words are, being, being, oh, what's the example? going in. Will you give me an example of one of your trigger words? Um, when someone passively aggressively refers to a group as opposed to 
just having the courage to just yeah. talk to me. <laughs> so, you know, if I know that's what I'm going to get triggered by energetically, then before I have that conversation with that person, I'm going to ground. I'm going to breathe. Yeah. I'm going to remember who I am and that that person is that person. Yeah. And then when, when that person says that passive aggressive comment, I'm expecting it. And it can almost bounce off me and sort of smile off, smile yeah. off me, as opposed to coming in and affecting me. Yeah. Awareness is a powerful tool. Yeah. And do you find that it was the same when you were in person with people as it is with Zoom now? Um, I think that when we're in person, it's a far more intense experience um, because of just its multidimensionality. Yeah. Uh, so you've got so I remove myself oftentimes. I'm, I'm very, very uh, 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 sovereign when it comes to my power. I want to make sure that if I feel that a situation is not healthy for me, energetically, physically, um, emotionally, in any other way, I'm going to remove myself or move out of that situation. Uh, so I don't, I don't let anybody uh, suck on my energy. Got it. And where was there, were you always like this or this was something you learned professionally? Um, I've learned over the course of decades uh, since, you know, going through massage therapy school and owning my own alternative healing center and doing all of this mindfulness studies. I've learned through the course of that time about energy, about boundaries, about permission, about grounding, all those things I've, I've kind of grown into. Uh, and, and frankly, I've learned it by, by stumbling right? By falling down and going, why do I feel terrible when I'm around this yeah. person? Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. Have you found always learning. How do you, I'm just curious, just to wrap up this one topic is how do you uh, communicate that to someone where you don't want to work with them any longer? What, what's, what's a way you would say it in a way that that's, they would hear it, not get more triggered and actually maybe even say, oh, you're right. Maybe this isn't the best way to, maybe we shouldn't work together. Have you, have you experienced that? Oh, absolutely. Well, the first thing is I, I believe in uh, the power of gratitude. I think gratitude is a magic elixir that will fix nearly any uh, ailment. Uh, and so I start out with gratitude and I actually do literally start out energetically in my heart with gratitude. And when I shift into that genuine frequency of gratitude, thank you, Mr. Wrong. Thank you, Ms. No Way. Yeah. Um, when I can actually be in that place of, oh, wow, how much did I learn from them? And how much yeah. did I have? Then I'm softer and I'm not as, it's, they don't pick up on me judging them or me rejecting them. It actually does feel like a, a conversation or a, a, a connection that reaches its natural conclusion. Got right? it. Got when it. I'm softer. Oh, okay. That's great. And it gets you back in touch with you first, which I think exactly. is a powerful thing. And you're not in a trauma space because we can't communicate very well when we're triggered. Let's be honest. Like no. part of the brain is almost shut down and you can't communicate well. So love, that and tends fear. To love and fear. Yeah. That's it. Choose which one. Yeah. You actually wrote, um, we asked you in our, our little prof profile, you know, what's one issue you're out to change in the world. And you wrote a passionate advocate for choosing love over fear in every area of our lives. So you are officially walking the talk. I love it. Thank you. Doing my best. You also wrote to yourself, we, we asked you, what would you tell your younger self? 
And I want you to contextualize that for people who are out there now, maybe they're younger or older, it doesn't matter, but they're not where you are now. And you wrote, don't take it personally. You don't have to fit the mold of what a successful valued woman looks or acts like. Be your own awesomeness. Yeah. Want to add anything to that? You know, I, I, I'm especially passionate about uh, supporting the next generation of women because I grew up with an understanding of what, what a, a successful woman is and she's, she was everything I wasn't, uh, you know, tall, blonde, Even with skinny. the mother that trained you, right? Even with the mom that trained you. Even with the, I mean, it was society. It was society yeah. that taught me these things. It was Charlie's Angels that taught me this. It was Julie, the cruise director, that taught me this. These are all the things that told me what That's women- That's the love boat, folks, if you haven't seen it. Look it up, youngins. Yeah, Google look it, it up. You can look it up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's about it's about really, truly being, because if I, I really feel, Jared, if I were in my, if I would have been in my body and accepting my body and me, and who I was back then, Lord knows what I could have done, right? It, so it, I, I don't want every girl and woman to wait until she's 40 to start loving herself. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. This has been an eye-opening, enlightening conversation. I always love the energy that you exude. It really does uh, translate and transfer to me. And I feel better every after every interaction I've had with you, which to me means energetically, we're a good fit to continue and having conversations. I hope that you will join us in another future session. We're going to share your books. We're going to share your profile that you created that we could put on Zen Hustlers. Um, feel free to refer people to it. Uh, any any last ways that you'd like to leave with parting parting knowledge or a mantra? I noticed you, you know, we asked you, do you have a favorite mantra? Everything in my life I create, promote, or allow. I do. And you know what I've been using, Jared? And I just want to say thank you for holding this space. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. I love to, if I can inspire one person to, to live a, you know, a more loving and, and joyful life, then it's a day well spent. Yeah. Uh, is, is For me, it's about not having a good day. Make it a good day. Make it a good day. Because every day is precious. And so if we can have a more conscious intention of what we want to create for our lives, I think the world will be a better place. Ah, it's beautiful. Bro, got, got me emotional on that one. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the creation of that and the action it takes to create those days when things are not going well, because they are not always going to go well and stuff will come at you from every direction. Um, so thank you so much. Is there, how, how would you like people to get in touch with you to learn more about you professionally? Is it LinkedIn or website? Sure. They can come see me at LinkedIn at Teresa Rose presents, or just go to TeresaRose.com And it looks like there's a rose.com. Okay. There we go. All right. Well, thank you so much again. We're going to feature your profile on the Zen Hustlers blog and share this on the podcast. And um, for all of you entrepreneurs out there, um, there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. If you're feeling like you're just doing the run and the hustle and it's just not working for you and you know intuitively something's like, hey, this is not working, please reach out for support, whatever that looks like, whether it's Zen Hustlers or any other communities and people in your life that do care about you because this is a life or death situation, unfortunately, that we've reached this plateau in business. Um, so thanks for taking the time with us today. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions on hustlers.com and have a great day. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.